Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am super excited today to have with me um, Cal Poly uh, RPTA EIM legend, um, Amy Lapp. How are you, Amy? I'm good. That was a lovely introduction you just gave me. <laughs> I didn't give her any warning on the oh, legend dear. part, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I, 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 I do really believe you are a legend, but uh, that was unfair to, to drop that on you uh, unexpectedly. Um, uh, Amy is a 2012 uh, graduate of our program. And like many of the people that I talked to on this podcast, she was super involved during her time at Cal Poly and just left an indelible mark on the program. And she has, um, over the years, she has has worked at Cal Poly. She came back and worked for a little while and has stayed in touch with all of us. And it's just been it's just been great to 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 stay uh, to stay connected to her, and I'm super excited to talk to you today, Amy. She's currently the regional director of enrollment at Semester at Sea, which um, those the avid listeners to the Experience Our Industry podcast they've heard Semester at Sea because I've had a couple of folks on who went to Semester at Sea uh, during their time at Cal Poly, and. Um, those who were around when Dr. G, Dr. G did a uh, did a semester at sea as well as an instructor. And so super excited to talk about that, Amy. But let's talk about first uh, where you're where where are you from? Yeah, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. It's always good to reconnect with you all in the department. Um, I am from Central California. So I grew up in like a little farming kind of community. It's called Reedley, mm -hmm. um, just outside of Fresno, if you're going up towards Kings Canyon and Sequoia National Park. So yeah, grew up there. Love it. Yeah. Anybody that's been uh, dri driving that way uh, to visit our national parks has seen Reedley, I'm sure. So what's what's Reedley like? Just like a little bedroom community uh, or what? What's the, what's uh, What's Reedley like? You know, um, I feel like when I was younger, maybe I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now, but like uh -huh. we have a river and yeah. it's really beautiful. So in the summer, people come a lot. Um, we'll go yeah. floating or jet skiing. That's kind of like, I think one of the highlights of the town. We have a college, Reedley oh. College. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. I actually went there for two years before I transferred to Cal Poly. Yes. Um, I do remember that. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Go Tigers. It's good. It's two go blocks Tigers. from my house. So yeah. I had like a five minute commute to college, about a five minute commute to the high school. Everything's pretty close. So right. Right. Yeah. So it's tell hot. me that. It's, it's hot. I was going to say it's probably right hot. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're going through a heat wave as, uh, as Amy and I are, are talking or we're getting ready to get into it. Everyone's, uh, everyone's a buzz about it. But, um, but anyway, what, what did your parents do when you were growing up? Yeah. My dad was a high school choir teacher and, yeah. uh, a tennis and basketball coach. So, um, yeah, very involved in kind of those activities. And then my mom was I love a nurse. that. That's sorry to interrupt. That's like not a mix that you hear very often. He's no, like a choir the <laughs> and then a basketball and tennis coach. I love that. That's a great combo. Yeah, we made fun of him a lot because like the choir director community was very different than the athletic community. Of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was fun because he we always had like high schoolers around and like of course. there was always a bunch of stuff going on. Right. My mom was a nurse. She delivered okay. babies. 
Oh, awesome. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, I, I love that. Well, that, now, now I see where you get some of your, your genuine nature from just being <laughs> a genuine, awesome person, uh, oh my mom God. delivering babies and dad, uh, teaching people to sing and leading a choir. I love that being a coach. Yeah. That's awesome. What about siblings? Remind me um, about, about siblings, brother and sister. Yeah. They're uh -huh. twins. They're yeah. older. Um, they actually both went to Cal Poly as well. Um, my sister is a pharmacist, so she's still, she came back to the Valley and nice. is working as a pharmacist. And my brother is a physician's assistant. Um, cool. he actually works right across from Cal Poly at like the urgent care there. Oh, no so, way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well, now I'll know where to go. If yeah. I ever need, if you if ever, I ever need, need like a last yeah. minute, like appointment to get it, just hit me up. <laughs> All my friends do. They're like, what's wrong with me? I, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the, the, um, uh, I was going to say fringe benefits, but one of the negatives, I suppose, about uh, being a physician's assistant or a doctor or a nurse, everyone like pulls their shirt up and says, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually my favorite. I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to go into the doctor. You can just uh, call him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell me about uh, young Amy growing up uh, there in Reedley. What did you get into? What was your jam? Were you like... Uh, the captain of the choir and the basketball team or what? <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. I feel like my dad kind of like molded my hobbies for me. Um, I was really involved in like music and theater as a child. I loved doing like the musicals at the high school. We actually had a really pretty strong theater department growing up. So I did a lot of that. Um, I played tennis, not probably less by choice but more because that's just what we did in our family right right um, yeah and then i did like swim kind of like the normal kid things uh right yeah i did uh i didn't play basketball in high school i started and then i realized my brother was a senior when i was a freshman and they were like really good that year so i decided to be their stat keeper nice. so i did more like that side of things yeah Right. I love it. That's awesome. So, you know, the ne the next question is usually like, uh, well, how did you find Cal Poly? But right as a legacy with a uh, older brother and sister both went to Cal Poly. Um, the, the, either of your parents or how did they how did they find out Cal about Cal Poly? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, when I was trying to figure out where to go, um, I was like, I want to go anywhere but Cal Poly because I, I didn't, I, yeah. I didn't want to follow in brother and sister's footsteps. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I actually was, I was at Reedley college in the honors program and we had like, we could do transfer agreements. So I had a transfer agreement with UC Davis. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went to visit and I just like, didn't feel it. Like you, I don't know, you go on campus, there's like a vibe and I, it yeah. just didn't feel right for me. Right. Um, I knew that I wanted to be somewhere like not right by home, but like close enough to be able to easily come home. Yeah. And so I had gone to visit my brother and sister at Cal Poly a lot while they were there. And I just, yeah. it was so much fun that I just decided I only applied to Cal Poly and I kind right. of was like, I'm either going to go there or if I don't get in, I'll just do something else for a year. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, what about, what about, uh, the major, what about, uh, RPTA? How'd you find us, uh, along those lines? Were you, is that what you were doing at Reedley? 
No, you know, I went through a slew of majors. You did. Um, I started as nursing. I'm surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Uh, yeah, I started as a nursing major. Um, I followed my mom at work one day and I was like, well, I'm not going to be a nurse and I'm probably not having children. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, but yeah, I, tr- I switched from nursing to communication to exercise biology. And I actually transferred to Cal Poly as a psychology major. Ah, um, Okay. Yeah, and See, I summer. knew we were I knew we were drawn to each other for some reason. <laughs> I was a psychology major too. There we go. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, I didn't last long. I think I <laughs> this summer, like after I got accepted and was like starting to look at Cal Poly things, I kind of stumbled upon this major on the website. Uh huh. And I, as you could tell, like from my many majors and like many things that I did, like I didn't really ever know what I wanted to do. Right. Uh, but when I found RPTA, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is like everything that I enjoy. I was super involved in student council in high school right. and right. like sport management and like I like to travel. So I just felt like I was like, wow. oh my gosh, I love all of this. So right away I started emailing and trying to see if I could start with 101 my first semester since I was a transfer student. Right. So I could kind of get in that process. And it was pretty easy to switch in. And I had Dr. Goldenberg for like 101, 201 to 10 what up the first three like 205 210 of course uh, the whole year so yeah, of course and and made that made that connection right away i love it um well so you know the next set of questions are related to your time at cal poly and and we would uh this this podcast would be like a two-hour podcast if we got into everything that you did um and and quite honestly i had forgotten that you transferred in amy and um and because it seems like that you were like just it seems like you were here like four years and and fully involved all four years. But I think that memory is probably a testament to and I hope that um, transfers who listen to this will um, will recognize that you can make your mark in those two years. You absolutely can. And um, we've had so many transfer students who have. Right. Um uh, that that because they jump in right away, they they realize after two years of of um of school, they they kind of know their way, right? And they're like, okay, I got to get involved. Be, getting involved is the way to do it. And um, so I know how involved you are, but I wonder if you can um do two things. Like first of all, if you can pick out, is there like a an enduring memory that you'll never forget uh, associated with, with Cal Poly. Um, And then we'll, then we'll get into the professional development side. Yeah. Um, I think I'm glad you kind of mentioned the transfer thing, because I do think when you come in as a transfer student, you feel in a sense, like everyone's already been connected and they all went to the dorms and you feel kind of a little bit behind or left out or like maybe people aren't going to look as highly upon you because you transferred from a community college but um but I so I agree I think like getting involved is the best way and I feel like it uh, for me as well it felt like I was there for a really long time because I did do so many things um I I just loved our major so much that I feel like probably all of my highlights have to do with like the things I did I mean I was president of Rho Phi Lambda yeah. Uh, and we would do a lot of like professional development trips. We had like a pretty big group at the time. And so we went, I think t- we got to meet with like Disneyland and like SeaWorld and cool places in San Diego. And I yeah. went to a lot of the conferences, which I like loved 
I, actually now is like the first time I have a real job where I get to go to conferences and I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss like going to NRPA and there was like playgrounds we would play on and like it was yeah. just so much fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and the other thing too, and I, I remember this very vividly and, and you can maybe speak, I would love for you to speak to this, you know, I, and I know, don't get me wrong. Um, and, and people can probably already tell Amy has a personality where she's not scared to go up and talk to people. Um, but the, 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 the opportunities that she developed for herself in going to these conferences with us and not being afraid to talk to people, right? Like I remember you in tennis, you're such a, you were so big into tennis and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, I've got to go. I've got to go connect with these <laughs> tennis folks. And uh, I remember you just like walking right up and going, hey, what opportunities <laughs> do you have for me? You know, like, uh, so yeah. can, you speak, can you speak to that? And, and, um, and and what impact that made for you. Yeah, I mean I I think I was determined like I have I had a list. I still kind of have a list of like all the things in my life that I'm like I'm going to do sometime yeah. in my life. And one of them was to like work at a Grand Slam tennis tournament. Mm -hmm. And so I think the USTA was always at like one of the conferences that we went to. Yeah. And so yeah, I was determined to get a contact because it's not always just easy to try to like go online and apply for things. Right. And so yeah, I mean that's I think probably one of my biggest takeaways from like my time there was how much we really emphasize networking and I still like uh Jason from Disney like who we met from the advisory council, like I'm still in touch with him. And yeah. I think I've been able to get a lot of really cool opportunities and just in general in life, like the people you meet, you never know where they're going to end up influencing you later and like the mm -hmm. connections and jobs that you'll get from it. So I think, yeah, like that was really, really a big takeaway from how much you all emphasize the importance of like going to these conferences and networking with people. Mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the pandemic has definitely put a, a put a pretty big halt on that and um but we are uh we are definitely committed to to bringing that back full force and and um you know when you were when you were in school like we were we were taking regular trips to conferences and bringing students along it was just a blast and it's just a it's a way not only to help students with professional development but it's a way to connect with with each other more you know when you get outside the classroom and you travel together you make connections that that are enduring and um i know you obviously know that probably better than anyone that i could ever talk to as much travel as you have done and so um let's uh let let let's end there with with the professional development so is there is there something that looking back you think to yourself um wow, that really had an impact on me um, in my professional career in terms of professional development? Or is that it, what we just talked about, the conferences and that sort of thing? This is, this is probably a cheesy answer, but I really feel like my biggest takeaway, I mean, my experience at Cal Poly and in the department, like I fell in love with it so much, just like college and the major, it really changed kind of the trajectory of where I was going after that. Like that's why I went to grad school after was because I, I felt like it was the connections that I made with you all. This, I feel like this is bad, but like really with the, like all of the faculty yeah. that I felt so like supported and so loved and so valued as a student that I was like, I need to like go back and work in higher education because it had such a huge impact on my life that I wanted to be able to like 
kind of give back to other students so they could feel like that kind of yeah. like yeah, is that a bad answer? I feel like it's the That's truth, not though. Not a bad. No, oh, come on, give me. I mean, a I still, I obviously, a, I still go meet up with all of you when I'm in town, and That's I, a, really, yeah, I, I can't tell you how much that means. That's not a bad answer at all. That's an amazing answer, <laughs> and, um, and and seriously, Amy, I mean, I, um, you know, that that does mean a lot, um, but and and I think that that does speak to, um. You know, a lot of our students will hear us say, hey, come see us. Don't don't our door is always open. Right. And um, and that really is true. Um, and unfortunately, I think some students have a tendency to view us as robots or as scary. I mean, you know, I'm a bigger guy. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> uh, you know, they see the gray in my beard and they're like, this guy's like, um, you know, uh what is the what is this the scary from um harry potter the scary guy uh oh gosh. Um, i don't watch uh, harry potter i know, don't judge I know. Me. i'm so bad i want to say gandorf but i'm like that might be like the nice one but anyway <laughs> i i uh maybe I, I look like a wizard they're afraid i'm gonna like put a spell on them or something but um you know, all of the faculty in the department really care about students and that or or we wouldn't do what we do. You know, I mean, it, we we love this environment. And so thank you so much for saying that. And um, uh, let's now talk about getting out of Cal Poly and moving out into the working world. You know, um, similar to what I said when you were here at Cal Poly, if we went through all of your uh, job experiences. We would be here for a while, Amy. So I'm going to let you pick them out. Like Amy has um, done a little bit of everything. And when I look and I think about the, 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 the thread, the thread seems to be that you love travel, you love adventure, you love people, and, uh, you know, so that has kind of culminated in, in what you're doing now, right, as as regional director uh, uh, for enrollment at Semester at Sea. But let's talk about that pathway to get there. You know, it's been a 10-year period um, where you've been like the poster child for millennials, right? Like uh, you, you've, you've gone out and you've done so many different things and building experience. And back in my day, I would have worried that that was like a bad thing that I had like all these different things on my resume. And I hope you've never felt that way because I feel like we've made a change where that's a great thing to get experience at lots of different places. So I wonder if you can kind of speak to that. Have you ever felt that a worry about that or have we, have we truly shifted? Yeah. You know, actually um, I feel like during COVID, I really felt that I like, I had done all these cool things and I felt like most people, even when I applied for jobs, were really impressed by that, right? Like they thought a lot of the things I did were really cool and it was great experience. And right. I could kind of talk to like being adaptable and learning quickly on the job and stuff like that. Uh -huh. But then COVID hit and I had just come off of the ship from semester at sea. Mm -hmm. I worked on the ship for two semesters in the field office. So mm -hmm. my role at that time was to develop like in-country programming for all of our students. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I trained like the new staff in January, 2020, and they were like headed to Asia on the ship as I got off. Mm -hmm. um, and then COVID hit. And so really all of the jobs in mm -hmm. the industry and everything that I had done kind of shut down. 
Yeah. Uh, my backup was always Disney World. I had worked there for eight years seasonally. That was my yeah. internship for um, Cal Poly. Yeah. And um, I loved that. But so I did that for a few months, but then they closed down and they laid off all the seasonal staff. And so yeah. I started applying for a lot of jobs and, you know, jobs were hard to come by. And I started to feel like, oh my gosh, maybe like I doing what I've been doing was not a good idea because now I don't have like the security and kind of the depth of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it all actually ended up working out. Like I moved back to Paso and worked in the wine industry for a while doing like events. And I was a tour guide doing wine tours and it yeah. was like a fun little, you know, year stint that I did and got to be back at the coast and yeah, yeah. until the world kind of seems like it's kind of recovered and there yeah. are jobs again. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. It was a brief right. stint that I felt that, but yeah. Well, well, well. Let's let's backtrack a little bit because I do want to talk about that di- the Disney experience that you've had um, over many years, and of course, like with your internship. So, can you talk about that process? Um, our current students, in particular, love hearing about internships and how you got them, and of of course, the Disney College program and the internship mm-hmm. program is one of those that that is like held up as a model. And so, um, can you can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, so to be honest, I don't remember like much about like the internship process and finding them. I just knew that like when I first heard about the Disney college program, I was like, well, this is what I want to do. Like I grew up, like I went to Disneyland a few times, usually with my dad's choirs, but like Uh I didn't, I wasn't in Southern California. I didn't go all the time. I'd never been to Florida. Um, but I found out about the college program and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I love Disney. I like being happy and working with people. This is going to be great. And so I, uh, I applied for the college program, actually got put on the wait list, uh, but ended up getting in. And so did my best friend, Allie, who I think has been on the podcast before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really avid listeners will remember Allie talking <laughs> about Amy getting her into the uh, or yeah. not getting her in, but th- them connecting and getting in together. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I know that we both got waitlisted, but she found out before I did that she got accepted, and I was the one that like really wanted to go. So there was like this few hours of like awkward tension with us of like, <laughs> oh no, what do, like what do we do? Oh but, no, you got in, I didn't. I know. But it actually it worked out really well. We drove out well we ended up shipping a car and then we shared a car out there we lived together and we actually ended up in the same role at the same hotel which was pretty amazing because they have like seven thousand like students at any one time from all over the world that come and they have like super awesome housing they do all these fun events like one time they like closed down the water park and we had like a big uh, dance party on the beach and the water slides were open and there was like unlimited ice cream it was super fun Um, so you get to meet students like from all over the world um, and disney experience is obviously like very great experience to have just for one being on your resume everyone knows disney they know the customer service is great you get really excellent training like how to deal with challenging situations and guests um so yeah so my internship was four months i was working at one of the resorts kind of doing front desk type of stuff and then Mm -hmm. at the end of my internship they actually at the time allowed us to go seasonal so as long as you like continue to work 150 hours a year you could stay employed so Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'll do that for like a year. That'll be fun. And then like yeah. eight years later, eight I was like, later, I can't give it, it up. So yeah, I tell, tell myself tell the type of things, like what are the type of things you were doing? Like, um, I think people who don't know, 
like wonder whether you're like running around as like goofy yeah. or, or whether you were like actually like what are you what were you doing? Yeah, so it was pretty standard like front desk kind of hotel oh, okay. job. They do have like classes that you can take and like kind of other experiences like you can sign up to work like the fireworks and do like parade control and stuff. But right. for the most part, like I was working at the hotels. Disney World has like 26 hotels, so you can hop around, uh, which is really fun because then like you get different costumes and you're like, I'm gonna be in the wilderness today. And then right, right. Um, yeah, and the one we worked at was fun. We get we got to make balloon animals, but it's a lot of just like checking guests in, helping them with anything they need, delivering things to rooms. But Disney really good gives you the ability to like create really magical experiences so if you know that somebody like something happened at the park that day guests were really sad or disappointed like we could go and like decorate their room with like disney things or like Uh get them a special breakfast with the princesses or something so it was really it kind of taught you to be like creative in your ways of responding to like challenges and stuff i love that i love that All right. So I want you, we're going to go a little bit unconventional here, right? So I want you to think about like the last, uh, the last 10 years in your work experiences. And I want you to pull out, um, one or two that you think, um, that you think were, uh, people would love to hear about, right? Like you, um, you've done so many cool things, Amy. It's just, it's just amazing. And, <laughs> and, um, and Amy did end up getting to work as, uh, at, at Flushing Meadows as a U.S. Open ambassador. Um, as we're talking, the U.S. Open is, uh, is, is in full force right now. Um, but, but when you look back over the last 10 years, like, um, are there a couple of, um, of positions or places that you ended up getting to go because of work that, um, that just really stand out that you could share with us. Gosh, that's so hard to choose. I knew when you were like, we're going to like go through your work experience. I'm like, how do I kind of, Uh um, select, I think in general, like coming out of undergrad, like I grew up in a town where like people didn't travel, like people didn't go outside of their little bubble. And so I think that was like such an eye opener to me when I went to Cal Poly and I saw people like traveling, then I decided to go like work abroad. And it just like blew my mind how different like people's perspectives are. And so it really Mm -hmm. made me very passionate about like, how do we get more people and more students to have these experiences that are going to open their eyes and kind of create empathy and compassion for people who are different. And so that I think is kind of when I left Cal Poly and, and Disney world, I had this idea of like, okay, my career is going to center around like that idea of like, I went to grad school, I got a master's in counseling. Mm -hmm. um, And I did my whole focus and project was on like, how do we create global citizens out of university students? And so I was kind of looking for experiences that were like working with students or in an educational capacity, but also providing opportunities for people's like eyes to be open to different cultures and places. So I think kind of through that, I did like a lot of things. I led a lot of trips abroad with students. I worked like as a counselor at Cal Poly and at Reedley College. And I did a lot of different things. Probably if I could pick out like the ones that were like really unique, um, I got to work at the World's Fair in Italy in 2015. Yeah, um, I was hoping you were going to saw that. And I was hoping yeah. you were going to pick that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like it's more exciting than saying you worked at a college as a college. Not that that's bad, but it's just less yeah, exciting. Of course. Of course. Uh, but. Yeah, so it was 
I mean, it was awesome. Like we, so they do, I, I mean, you've probably heard of the world's fairs, like from years ago when like the Eiffel tower came out and like the of ice course. cream cone, like all these things come out of the world's fair. Yeah. And I think in recent days, there's like less of a need for this idea of showcasing your newest technologies because there's the internet and people don't have to like go to these events to see. Right. Um, so what they've kind of transitioned these world's fairs or expos to is like a place for kind of uh, global conversation and dialogue around a certain topic. So ours was related to issues related to like food, sustainability and security. So it was like, what is each country doing to address issues related to like nutrition, health, farming, you know, poverty, all of those things. So yeah, so the US pavilion, so there's all the like, all the countries come and they build like these beautiful kind of pavilions and interactive exhibits. So the US pavilion had selected 60 like students or recent graduates to come and like represent the U.S. at the pavilion. They wanted uh, basically people who come in to be able to like ask questions of what's it like to be American and things like that. But we also Uh then would facilitate like our pavilion and like talking about what are we doing in the U.S. related to like farming and sustainable farming and what are we doing related to like poverty and different initiatives like that so Mm -hmm. um, we had a huge like vertical farm so the idea of like how people are moving into cities and how do we get more like farm to table and fresh produce in the city so we had like this really huge vertical farm that we would talk about and that's cool yeah so that was really magical also as you know you might know i was really into line dancing when i was at cal poly which yeah yeah. i've heard the grad closed and i'm devastated oh yeah it did close it Uh, did close (laughs) but i was just i was gonna give a shout out to dr g because uh she's been the longtime advisor of the line dancing uh uh club at cal poly right what what no really Dr. dr g i didn't i don't think so i would have known that well, maybe she, maybe she did after you left. Yeah, um, I I didn't know that. Well, I'm pretty I'm sure that's right. Her. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> right. Doctor G will have to correct the record. It's, uh, when, it's also when we, confusing when, when you say Doctor G because, like, aren't you all Doctor G's? I know. No, <laughs> There's like no. three of you. <laughs> no, she went to Doctor G. She may, maybe she did that after you left. Um, yeah, yeah she, she became known as Doctor G because it was confusing with the Greenwoods. Um, so Doctor yeah. Goldenberg, yeah, became uh, known as uh, as um, Doctor G. That's funny. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna type in Golden uh, Marnie Goldenberg line dancing now. Yeah, I the- I feel like I would know that. I talked to her enough to where I would know that, and I don't know that, so now I'm confused. I know, I know. Okay, all right. But yeah, we did line dancing. We would get a bunch of people up and do some line dancing on our terrace, and I actually started a little acapella group up there. We got to sing for John Kerry came to visit and Nancy Pelosi, so we we got yeah. to like perform for them. It was really kind of this surreal experience. That is wild. That is really wild. Um, all right. What about what about uh so now you you've told us about Italy. What about uh Galapagos? Oh, that was cool. So I worked for <laughs> this is actually a really awesome opportunity for like our do we call them RPTA students or EIM now? Either one. You know, our the major is still uh recreation parks and tourism administration. Okay. We're working on potentially um changing the degree name but that that takes a much much longer process than the department name so oh, that's interesting so yeah yeah that okay. that, that uh, the major has to go through CSU um in order to be approved so yeah we uh, that that's still some a little ways down the road 
Okay. Well, great. RPTA. I can remember that. So it's a great opportunity for students like after they graduate, if they're Uh looking for like a summer job. Uh Um, I worked for a company, it's called Global Leadership Adventures. And they basically take high school students on like short term service learning, kind of like adventure programs around the world. So my first I did in 2014, I went to Tanzania and I did a a summer there. And that was really cool. I mean, I, I hadn't talked about this yet, but I did my senior project. I did research in Kenya. So it allowed me to kind of go back to that region and like see some of the people that I had worked with there and then um, led those trips. And then in 2016 is when I did, oh no, then I did the UK. 2018, I did the Galapagos. So I did four summers. Last summer, I did Alaska. So I've done four seasons with them, but the Galapagos was awesome because it's like I got paid to go to the Galapagos. And like, I don't know if you've ever been, but you just like jump in the water and there's like sea lions like swimming up to your nose. And like, I went diving with hammerhead sharks and we got to do some like service projects with the Galapagos tortoises and um, kind of removing invasive species and stuff like that. So it was like, Really, that was a cool one too. Yeah, awesome, very cool. Um, so now let's talk about your current position. Now, obviously, you have um, you worked at Semester at Sea before, uh, before the pandemic hit, and you told us a little bit about that av- adventure uh, in between um, with uh, with uh, with Pat in Paso as as a wine wine tour guide and whatnot. Um, but let's talk about your current position. I want to hear about like, what's your day to day? Um, I, I know you, I know you get to travel a lot and that means a lot to you. And, um, that's obviously something special, but, um, for, first of all, how did you get hooked up originally with semester at sea? And then, um, tell us a little bit about your, um, about your day to day. And I will give an update. Um, Dr. G was the club advisor for the swing club. I had the uh. I had the dancing <laughs> club wrong, the swing dancing club, um, uh, which is a little bit different than line dancing, I guess. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, they do they do swing at line dancing usually. Yes. They do country swing. So you weren't far off. I'm Wasn't impressed you were able off. to get that answer yes. during the conversation. Isn't that awesome? The the magic of technology. I know. And she said and Dr. G says hi, of course. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'll text her after. Okay. Um, so, okay. What did you ask? How did I find out? This is actually a great story. I love this so much. I'm glad you asked because, yeah. um, so when I was working in Italy at the expo, I, one of my like dream job at the time was to be an adventure guide for adventures by Disney, which is basically like their tour guides who do like the international trips around the world. So I had the opportunity to, um, uh, do a final audition to be an adventure guide. So they fly everyone to, or you have to fly yourself actually, but you go to Disneyland, you're auditioning with all 40 other people who are like finalists. And it's terrifying because like they make you get up and perform. I had like the genie from Aladdin in front of me. I was like, I can't match that. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> um, so I had to actually fly home from Italy two weeks early um, for the audition. And it was a traumatizing experience because I d- was terrible and I kind of bonded with another person that was there that was like, this is terrible. We're terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, a couple of weeks later, like the person I had talked to at the audition, like messaged me and we kind of became friends. And then a year later, he like sent me this book that um, was called The Promise of a Pencil. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think you, you would really like this. You should read it. And in the book, the guy did Semester at Sea. 
And uh, I had never heard about semester to see before. I don't know how, but like, I was just like blown away because I felt like it was really like a culmination of everything I had done in my life, like kind of working in international travel, but with like a focus on um, like creating global citizens and like working with students. And it was just like, then became my dream job. Um, I applied for several years. Eventually they hired me. Um, but I think it's cool. Like, I think it goes back to this idea of like, I was super bummed. I didn't get this job with Disney. And I was like, I had to like pay to fly back earlier. And it was all useless. But like, you see several years down the road, how like, these like, things that didn't work out, like actually lead to things that do and the people, the random people you meet that you think really have no significance in your life end up like, being the person that helps you get a job, you know, sailing around the world. So what a great story. That is so awesome. I love that. What about, so what about, uh, what about your day to day as regional director of enrollment for semester at sea? Um, I assume you're not on the boat, uh, moving around. Um, uh, but, uh, do you, you, you get to, I assume you get to travel and all over the world trying to build things like what's your what's your day-to-day like what 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 draws you to be in the to this position yeah so it kind of varies like between like my office days and my traveling days so usually like in the fall and spring semesters we'll be traveling to university so my region is the mountain southwest region so i have all of the universities and students from like montana down to texas over to arizona so Mm. i go visit schools to do info sessions to go to study abroad fairs to meet with students try to build relationships with universities Uh, so that's really fun so i'm actually about to hit the road this weekend and i'm headed out to colorado so um, i really like that because you get to like go to new places and you're meeting a bunch of cool people and stuff. Um, And then when we're not doing that, it's a lot of like um, connecting with students via Zoom or helping process applications. We have a lot of like project work. Um, We've just kind of started some new strategic initiatives. So we're doing some work on that. Um, this year, actually, I got to go to the ship and spring 22 was a fun voyage because COVID was still pretty like rampant with Omicron. So I got to follow the ship around and kind of like help with COVID people in different ports, but that's not, that's not normal. Right, right, right. And, and, you know, I, I, um, what what do they say when you, uh, jump the shark or or I don't know what the saying is, but I should have had you tell everyone what semester C is, right? Because everyone, I mean, it's, it's like one of those things where the name just is like semester C, like, how could you not know what that is? But in actuality, there is more to it. And obviously you have a pitch. So give us a pitch. Yeah. Well, it is also confusing because there's a C semester, a semester and semester at C. So Ah. people often get confused because the other ones are like small, small ship programs where people are like actually learning like how do you operate a sailboat and like you're it's like small ours is um a it's a large ship so it's like a cruise ship it's actually used as a german cruise ship in the summers and we have it during the academic year mm-hmm. uh, and so it's a it's a semester uh, it's a study abroad program and we have about 550 students that come from all over the world who go on this ship um, for a semester and they're taking college classes. So you're typically taking 12 to 15 units, um, when you're out at sea. And then when you're in port, you get to like travel either independently, or you can do our field programs and classes that we offer. Um, so it's just a really, we kind of say, 
it's a cross-cultural kind of comparative program versus an immersive study abroad program. So mm-hmm. rather than just going to one place and really immersing in that one place, we're getting to go to very diverse cultures. We try to always go to like three different continents. So you get to see some of Africa, some of Asia, some of Europe, and you're really getting to like compare what you see in these places to your home culture and kind of like take away a lot of what you learn from these places that you go. So it's really, really meaningful and impactful experience and we have like a huge alumni community because we've been going since 1963 so there's a lot of then like it's a community kind of for life that people will go back to the ship for homecoming voyages and there's a lot of networking and things like that so yeah it's it's really magical yeah yeah yeah, it really it really sounds like it and when i when i heard that you were that you were doing it i i uh, quite honestly amy i i just assumed that you must have done it as a as a uh, college student because you had done you, you you had done so many things and so i was like uh, but then i realized oh she she did not um but uh it's just so perfect for you and uh i just love it just hearing that you're like going to conferences and yeah. do, do you now do, do you lead a team how many people do you have with you going to these like study abroad career fairs conferences that sort of thing does it just depend on how big they are well so we have like five different people on my team. We all have a different region. Um, We have like a global ambassador program. So after students finish semester at sea, if they want to become ambassadors, they'll come a lot of times because they'll still be on their home campus. So they'll come help us with fairs. Uh, Um, But usually we're going by ourselves to the fairs. So it's a lot of talking. I was going to say, I was going (laughs) to say, so it's a lot of talking and meeting people, which you have no problem with. Yeah, yeah. uh, As you get older, it gets a little harder. I feel like I... Oh, does it? (laughs) Oh, no. no, You start start building up up scars or getting tired or something (laughs) like that. Yeah. But no, it's fun because then you get to like, especially because the industry... I think the industry is pretty small. So people move around a lot. So it's like yeah. one person that you knew from here now is over here. And right. so it's kind of, it's fun in that way. And I know right. now people from all over the world. So I feel like anytime I have like a trip somewhere, I'm like, I have a friend here. I'm going to go visit while yes. I'm there. So of it's fun. Of course. Of course. So, um, so a couple different things that I want to, uh, I want to end with here. So one, um, you know, you did your master's thesis on it. You're obviously immersed in it right now um talk to us a little bit more about that impact that travel can have on people you know i i really firmly believe what you said and and having come from a small town myself and seeing people who have never left that county having this like really closed-minded view of the world um I know how impactful travel is, right? I, I, I really firmly believe that. Um, obviously, I have a wife who's a, tra- a tourism professor, so that um, I, I kind of have to have that mentality. But I wonder if you can speak a little bit more to um, what study abroad means to to a person, and um, and just you know give put give put a plug in for for studying and and traveling and and that sort of thing to our current students. Yeah, you know uh, when I met with. Dr. Greenwood, Jerusha. <laughs> Can yeah. I say Jerusha? Yeah. Last she week goes we by got, do, she goes by Dr. Rue now. Oh her my nick, gosh. Her nickname is Dr. Rue, right? Okay. So all of okay. our friends, um, her friends and our friends have called her Rue for many years, R-U, because it's easier to spell than uh, Jerusha. So yeah, she goes by Dr. Rue now. Okay, uh, Dr. Rue. This is also weird to me. I'm like, what I did know. I even call you when I was there? It's fine. I know. 
So we were talking last week and about like the idea of like sustainable travel, right? And like, that's obviously a big, like, is travel sustainable? And like, is it worth it? You know, especially we get that a lot on the ship. Like, is it worth it to like get on the ship and be sailing around the world? And I, I mean, I so strongly believe that it is. I feel like I... Like, I wouldn't care about things that I care about had I not gone and been exposed to them. Like, when you go and you meet people in these countries, like, you now can no longer just, like, no longer care about what happens to that place and those people. And I think that's, like, so important today because, you know, there's, as you know, climate change is impacting communities and it's getting worse and there's wars. And, like, if you don't have connections to people and places, you just, I think it's easy not to care. Um, and I think that's like one of the beautiful things about travel for me, I feel like I had this mindset growing up that like America's the best, like everything we do is the best is the best yeah. place to live. And right. so you go and you're like, wait a second, like, I really like this about this place in this country. And, yeah. um, and I just don't think you can like get that if you just stay in your own community. And it's hard for me. I mean, coming home, like, it's easy to want to be very judgmental, but I have to like remind myself, like they haven't had the experiences that I've had. So you can't expect them yeah. to like feel the same way that I do about these things. So right. I don't know. I'm always a big fan of like going out after every opportunity because I think everything that you do is going to open your mind in new ways. And yeah. Um, yeah. So, so very well said. Thank you so much for that. That's amazing. And um, so the last thing I want to, I want to leave with is, is you and I, I've been, this has kind of been a, a thread that I've been asking each of my guests. So what would you if you could, what would you tell young Amy? Right. So, uh, if you could go back in time and tell Amy as a junior or Amy as a, as a fourth or fifth year, uh, college student, um, what advice, what, what advice would you give young Amy? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, some of it's like, I have, I already heard this advice and I just didn't listen to it is probably part of it. But I do think <laughs> like when I think back over the last 10 years, um, I've lived a pretty like non-conventional, like it's very different than I think what um, our culture may say is like the right way to live. And I think everyone probably in our major struggles with this because we like living lives differently than what like the norm is. Mm -hmm. And so I think I struggled a lot over like the 10 years of like, should I be doing this? I should be doing this. Why am I not doing this? Like, mm -hmm. and you hear people saying like, oh my gosh, you're getting old. Like, why haven't you settled down? Why haven't you done this? Mm -hmm. And I think that's caused a lot of like stress and anxiety and kind of like mm -hmm. grief in life of just like constantly questioning what I know to be true for like me and what like drives me and like gets me excited about life. And so I think mm -hmm. that would be like what I wish I would have listened to earlier is like, don't other people aren't you, they don't know what's right for you. They don't know what like lights your fire and mm -hmm. what gives you a purpose for living. And so you can't like let what other people and what society say is the right way dictate like what you do, because it's not right for you. Like, I, I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, oh, like it's, I, I can't <laughs> tell you. I can't tell you how much sense it makes and how important I think it is for for people to hear. And, um, you know, as, as much as we've evolved as a society, um, you know, and, and we talked a little bit about it earlier when I said, like, my generation, I remember being super worried when I 
switch jobs after a year or whatever, right? And we've evolved as a society to realize that, um, and in your generation has helped usher that in that that that's okay. Um, but regardless, I think it's important, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you stating it. When you're doing something unconventional, you're still going to have those societal pressures and whether they're real or perceived, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember like early in my career, like me, ha- I used to have this perception that like people were judging me for this or that or this decision, right? And and you you have a tendency to build up these like uh, these voices in your head of, no, you're not doing it the conventional way. That's not right. And, and it builds up as a voice in your head, right? And it may not be what people are really thinking or, or, but, but we, as people, we, we, that's our psychology background, Amy coming in, right? <laughs> we, we have the tendency to, to, to have that, um, that's that thought in our head and thought. So I think that's just so important. And thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, yeah, just know that, um, I'm one of your uh, I'm one of your biggest uh, supporters and um, out here for you uh, and and uh, willing to help uh, along the way and so excited and proud of you for this uh, current position. And I look at your uh, last 10 years of unconventional in quotes uh, work experience and I go, oh, my word, I would give anything to do some of the things that you've done and um and I appreciate you sharing them with us today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I appreciate you letting me come on. I, I, uh, it's been a, it's been a great ride. I think there's always, you're always going to have fear that you're going to regret things, but like looking back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of it. I think they've all taught me a lot. I've met amazing people. I've gotten to see yeah. amazing places. So yeah, that would be my encouragement to people is like, just go after like all the opportunities that interest you. And even if you don't know like where it's going to lead, like it, and you can look back and see like how everything kind of led you to where you are. Yeah. And I think there's been times where I'm like, you know, like, oh, should I be trying to move up and do other things? And I'm like, that's not for me. And like, I love where I'm at. I love my job. And right. um, yeah, you just have to be okay with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It's so great to catch up and talk and um, just appreciate you sharing with us today. And um, if uh, if people are interested in Semester at Sea, can they reach out to you via LinkedIn or um, to ask questions or something along those lines? Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. We're always looking for students to sail and people to work on the ship and um, yeah, anything I, if you look on my LinkedIn and see any of my 300 jobs I've had that interest you, just feel free to reach out. I always <laughs> love to, uh, RPTA was very supportive, uh, of me when I was a student. So I've always wanted to be able to give back when I can. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for paying it forward. Absolutely. And, uh, see ya. Great to see ya. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye.